I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at DDDNFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I can't, I can't keep saying as usual because it's always something different all the time. But I have the pleasure of telling you all. I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal. It's Matt Tisdale. What's going on, Matty? How are you doing, Steve? Not too bad. I should have learned off your Twitter handle before we come on, but it's something to do with West Brom. It's something to do with MMA. It's what, at WBA MMA? Am I right? That's the, that's the one. That's the one. But uh, I usually just moan about West Brom and talk about the Packers, so uh, it's pretty boring, to be honest with you. Are you not going to change that, Matt? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to pull the whole West Brom off the Twitter handle here and just bang in Green Bay instead. Um, I think it's only right. It depends if we get relegated this season, mate. What's what's going on with us? Who's the manager nowadays? Is if he's changed oh, it, again? It's, yeah, it's the dad dancing legend that is Alan Pardew. Oh. Uh, uh, to be fair, he's got to playing a lot better football. We're starting to get a few results. Uh, you know, it's it's looking somewhat positive. I'm I'm still very negative about us, but uh, I, I still think we may go. I just think the omens have not been good this season, but. Uh, the less said about them, the better. <laughs> so what is it about the lads who join me on the podcast going for absolutely cack teams? I mean, we've West Brom, we've West Ham, it's keeping it off the West. Andy Davies, actually, I think he, he goes for like Shrewsbury Town and Hartlepool, but he kind of has an exemption because he was a professional footballer and played for him, so he can get away with it. But uh, no, United, oh, yeah. no, Arsenal, Liverpool, you know, the, the good teams. What uh, what happened to you, Matt? Are, are you from... Is here? I'm going to show my Irish ignorance here now. West Brom. Is that Birmingham? Is that like why aren't you a Villa fan or something? Is is West Brom around your area? Yeah, it's well. The reason being, actually, my dad was born uh, in West Brom, so that's that's where I get it from. I mean, by going off, you know, geographically where I live and where I was raised, I should be an Aston Villa fan. Oh, that imagine that. Me, it gets that worse. Horrible field all over. Just saying that word, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, by rights, I should be, I should be an Aston Villa fan, but um, no, uh, West Brom is a, a family thing through my father, and uh, it's it's not too far away. It's about a thirty minute drive from my house, so uh, you know, support your local team and all that. I couldn't be. I've got plenty of mates that support Tottenham and you know Man U and all that, but yeah. uh, we we like to call them glory hunters. So. Well, you see, that's what West Brom, yeah, West Brom's, for anybody who doesn't support West Brom, you'd have to be a glory hunter. That's one thing, in fairness now, you can't accuse a West Brom fan of being a glory hunter because you don't have any. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is exactly one thing you cannot accuse us No, it's, it's the one positive from being a West Brom fan. But come here, in Ireland, right, we have like a local Irish league, but it's sort of every year in the papers, there's like talk of one of the teams going bankrupt. Um you know, it's not sexy, probably. They don't have anybody in the league called Pogba or mm. Emre Chan with a C-H-A-N instead of, a, you know, C-A-N, which is actually how, how it looks. Like, how is it in... I'm going to show my super ignorance here, like I've just been born, because people are going to go, really, Steve, you don't know that. But in England, right? Because in Ireland, we're so used to supporting teams from elsewhere. I suppose that's why supporting Green Bay from Ireland doesn't seem as strange. And that's why when we talk to people from Green Bay or America in general... You know, you get it yourself anyway, Matt, don't you, supporting Green Bay. They're like, like, how in the world? Why? How did that come about? How, how do you even know about American football? Have you ever heard of Madden? You know, whereas in England, like you can live in Manchester and you have sort of, you know, the 
the blood right or whatever because you're born there to support Manchester United. You were saying that you have mates who support them. Like, are these local lads? And could they walk down their street wearing a United jersey? You know, and they should be a Villa fan, let's say, if they're going to support their local team. But they're actually United fans. Is, is that going on all over the uh, English towns and cities? Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Like I say, I mean, I've got friends that I went to school with that are ardent Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal fans. And it, it, it's basically just because they're supporting a team that, you know, are always going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? So mm. it's kind of hedging your bets to, you know... And you kind of think of them, look at them and think, well, you know, fair play. <laughs> Probably don't have such a miserable existence as <laughs> in a, a lesson team. But I'll say that in jest, really. I've had some fantastic times. I've got some fantastic mates. You go at West Brom, it's a real good family atmosphere club. You know, it's a, you know, I, I love going up there, to be honest, as much as I'm moaning and whinging. I think that's just me. Yeah, advancing in years, but I had some of the best times of my life when we were down in like the second division. And I, it's funny you mention Andy Davies because I've I, I, I chatted to him on several occasions, obviously, because he's he played against West Brom when we were down amongst the uh, lower in the lower leagues. Yeah, and he can actually specifically remember playing against us. And I, it's weird that I, I went to a game where Andy played. That's so uh, yeah, it is mad. It is a mad. Well, do you know what? We're gonna to have to start calling the podcast that Andy Davies on the celebrity podcast because, oh, no. yeah, yeah, you know, we've we've you sort of in the hot seat now, and you've actually watched him play on the field. It's a, it's a bit odd, um, but yeah, look, um, I tell you what, let's let's get down to business, and there isn't a whole lot going on in Pack Nation. There's an awful lot of stuff that they have yet to confirm, and we here at UK Packers are still kind of on that wind down, uh, that long goodbye from the season. We obviously have football still to play. The Pro Bowl, which doesn't count, even though they tried to sex it up. And then we have the Super Bowl, which shockingly and not so shockingly uh, is the Patriots versus the Eagles. So, Matt, did you did you watch this weekend's action? Uh, I watched the Patriots-Jaguars uh, game, or Jaguars. Jaguars. As our friends across the uh, pond say. And uh, I watched a small amount, a tiny amount of the uh, Eagles and the Queens. Um <laughs> But I had, unfortunately, I you know I have to go to work the next day, so uh, I couldn't uh, sacrifice a night's sleep. But uh, it was a lovely way to wake up this morning. <laughs> you know, the sun, yeah. the sun was shining, the birds were singing, and then I switched on the score, and I was like, ah, oh, all was well in the world. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it was a real crash start. So here's what I want to ask you, right? Because, and, and again, for all the people who are listening, it is a Packers podcast, but this is kind of, this this show was actually originally just meant to be slated for, you know, previewing our Super Bowl party, which Matt, you're from Birmingham. You've done a lot of legwork with this party, which kind of shows what the UK Packers is all about, that myself and Ryan um, head up the group and, and get stuff organized behind the scenes. But, um, you know, increasingly, we're probably going to go out to you guys and see where do you want to have meetups and try facilitate that stuff. And Matt, you came to us and you suggested the the venue that we're going to. It's your local gym, in fact, and you vouched for it. And then you didn't. You helped us an awful lot by, you know, heading out to the venue and sorting stuff out. Now, again, like none of us get paid to do any of this type of stuff. In fact, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, and, and stall on the violins. Don't get out the mini violins yet. We're out of pocket for this uh, party. So we're going to do a few raffles on the night to try make up the cash so that myself and Ryan um, aren't out of pocket for it. Uh, but that's what's all about bringing people together. So that's what this podcast was. But we're just going to dip into, or toe into you know, a little bit of NFL news. 
So, Matt, what I want to ask is, and because I see an awful lot of stuff online and an awful lot of hate being thrown around the different teams. Now, I was taking the complete mickey out of the Vikings this morning on the group accounts, mostly because, like Bruce Willis and friends, the slags they were just coming to me, right? The, you know, the, the piss takes were kind of just coming to me. Mm-hmm. And we have an awful lot of material built up against the Vikings, and we'll talk about those second. An awful lot of heat's being thrown at the Patriots, and there's a number of things in play here, right? There's... Uh, that the Jaguars come over to London and they're seen as London's team. And I say that with sort of little, you know, air quotes. And their stout defense. And in spite of their quarterback, they were going up against Tom Brady. People hate Tom Brady. In the same way they hate the Patriots, it's probably the same way they hate United. Man United and maybe some of the other teams now because they've had that sort of long-ranging success that they're always there, thereabouts. Like, how do you feel about the Patriots? Do you feel that kind of, that hatred towards them? Do, do you respect them in that regard? Are you kind of... You don't particularly hate them, but you're sick of a narrative now and the Patriots always being there or thereabouts. Yeah, I, I guess I don't hate them, but I, I am becoming a little bit bored. But you've got to respect the way that they kind of built this dynasty, uh, the way that Belichick and the, the owners of the Patriots are always going out and making themselves competitive, doing what it takes bringing in the free agents, the more experienced NFL players, um, you know, uh, it is something to be admired. As much as it grates on me that they're now, you know, here we are again watching the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Then you get all the Brady lovers going, oh, he's the GOAT, he's the best thing that's ever happened. Um, where it's kind of been proven when Brady's gone down that you can kind of slide any quarterback uh, into their system and they can have relative success but like I say you can't be too you know it's not like they're buying their success they're just a very well managed uh, franchise yeah and like, coached but that not that the point though I mean if we had the success that the Patriots had and it's like anything it's like when Chelsea were dominant you know, people look at that and kind of go, oh, God, get over it. Like, who cares? And they downplay the achievements. But I'm actually happy as kind of a football purist to a degree that the Patriots have done as well as they have. They've proven, Matt, that in an era and in a league and in a sport that's kind of regarded and the fanfare comes out about how, you know, there's parity in it, that the worst team gets the first pick in the draft and all the rest of it, is that there should be an even playing field, but there totally isn't. That in the AFC, the Patriots have dominated time and time again. Tom Brady in the league, 16 years, eight of those years, he's made it to the Super Bowl. So there's a 50% chance every year of Tom Brady ending in the Super Bowl, which is very difficult to do. Isn't that one thing that we hear? I mean, when people talk about the NFL, that, you know, and they say it about the Premier League as well, that it's very, it's very hard to get a win in this league. It's not easy. When you look at, there's all these shows on Sky Sports now called, you know, there's one called Undiscovered showing European players trying to get into the league that just highlights that you think it's just a run and catch a ball when really you know there's thousands upon thousands of players in college and only two percent of them actually make the pros but Bill Belichick coming along at the right time with Tom Brady the quarterback who should never have been what he was you know I'm kind of sick of the stories because some stories do get old of him telling Robert Kraft I'm the best decision you've ever made I mean, there's probably a, a million players that have gone through the league that have said the same to the owner and been laughed out of the building and have actually been poo, you know? And he just says it and all of a sudden it comes true. Aaron Rodgers said, let's run the table. 
one week they didn't he said it the next week again oh, yeah, i think we can still run the table and then they did and then all of a sudden that gets hoisted up as the phrase to go to so you know it's not always the case that it's kind of like this big success story and that because he oh he knew he how good he was everyone has that confidence he's a quarterback he's going to be super cocky anyway but bill belichick yeah. has built this dynasty he's a master at signing free agents getting them on the cheap we see this increasingly in the nfl don't we matt where they'll sign an experienced player to a year do you think because if you look at all of the the individual parts right especially the patriots this year now i know that you know we don't follow the patriots or whatever and i probably have more exposure to it because i have to cover the stuff between you know radio and, and i'm doing this thing for bep right now so i end up having to try to dig into the stats but we all know the kind of general narrative right that if you look at the kind of individual parts the patriots defense this year hasn't been great our defense has been shocking however hopefully that'll improve this year so now if you compare our quarterback positions aaron Rodgers is arguably better than tom brady if i try to keep my objective hat on and in mike mccarthy you know we have a coach who's extremely successful we made the playoffs eight years in a row apart from this year like can we model ourselves with the packers on something similar to the patriots do you think by getting in more experienced free agents or is there an awful lot more to it than just that simplistic way that all fans kind of like to see the game yeah i mean it, it, it is that fine balance i mean uh, like you've mentioned before on previous pods, you know, um, everybody thought this year we'd get in Martellus in, but uh, it was going to be an absolute masterstroke. And, um, you know, from from, ev- from everything looking in, it seemed a brilliant signing at the time. I mean, I was excited. All the Pat Nation was excited. And you could understand it, you know, you were getting a top-rated tight end a guy that was making ridiculous plays, that was, you know, could block. Um, and then it just all went wrong, didn't it? Um, so it, it is, I think there is an element of good fortune in it, but I just think with the Patriots, they just seem to have it down pretty pat on, you know, pardon the pun, on um, get, getting these guys in and getting, getting the most juice out of the orange kind of thing. Yeah. And then that, once that juice is gone, they've got no problem. They're pretty ruthless in getting rid of these guys. And, uh, you know, that, I think that's the way you've got to be in the NFL. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a ruthless business. And I think the Packers at times have shown a little bit too much loyalty uh, to players that maybe really they've got to be a bit more ruthless with. Um, but, you know, in a way, it's to be admired. You know, we're a family oriented you know vibe going on at the Packers Ted Thompson was very much draft and develop he always wanted to look after his guys you know keep his guys but I think the pendulum had swung too far to uh, relying on rookies every year where you've got to I think you've got to have that NFL experience you you can't really put a price on it yeah because I mean we did get players in right as you said like Martellus Bennett Lance Kendricks Ricky Jean-Francois, who is now going to be a, a Super Bowl participant. So it goes to show that sometimes you'll have the players that can be a success elsewhere, but they're not a success for you. And I think that's management really in a nutshell, right? Is that you'll have, mm. like even where you work and where I work, you'll have managers who get the most out of their staff. And then you get other managers who say, you know, that person isn't strong at this, but then all of a sudden they excel under somebody else. And it's just how you manage people. And I think Bill Belichick has his set way, that way works and he is the Alex Ferguson of the NFL, without a doubt. And whatever people want to say, and all the United haters and people who want to call them scum and all the rest of that type of stuff. So 
I like I like the fact that the Patriots are dominant. And the way I look at it as well, Matt, is is that nothing in the NFL is guaranteed. And the fact that they've got back every year, they seem to have found a way. Like with the Packers, we've had injuries, but so have the Patriots. Um, and they've still found a way to schematically win. I mean, don't forget, this is a team um, when Tom Brady was suspended who won with Jimmy Garoppolo, where when you look at that now, he hasn't actually lost a game in the NFL in his entire career. And his entire career is quite a small sample sure. size, but it's still amazing, right? But then Jacoby Brissett, who's doing an okay-ish job with the Colts, but that's probably more on the Colts. They were able to win with him. So schematically, they can do stuff and they can still end up winning. Gronkowski went out of the game and we saw the Patriots do two trick plays in that game last night against the Jags. Yeah. And eventually they just carved up the Jags defense and, and the thing was over. But I think the, the game that we want to talk about is Vikings and Eagles. Yes. Now, uh, we trolled the Bejesus out of the Vikings this morning uh, and it because it's banter and it's funny, right? And... Like some of the stuff that we come out with, and some people have to make clown of the week here because they just kept saying the same stuff without reading back through the, the timeline. So we're kind of taking the Mickey. It's fun, and the Vikings do it to us. Famously, earlier in the season, uh, when we I think we were down to the, I think it was the Browns game where we were down, and that was embarrassing. And as we as the game looked pretty much over and iced, and we were going to lose, a Vikings fan goes, "Oh hey, how about them Packers or something?" And then we ended up winning the game, and he was nowhere to be seen again. And I said it to him. I said it's a typical Vikings fan move, is that you know mid game you're coming in and sticking the boot in, and then there's a UK Vikings fan group who trolled us, then blocked us for for no reason. I think it was over a tweet that I sent. I was watching the Vince Lombardi documentary, and I put out on the group account. You know, th this sort of shows the the depth of history. Um, to the Packers versus the kind of terrible teams out there. You know, the ones like the Seahawks who have a relatively newish uh, fan base after their recent success. And they, they tend not to know the history of the game and it seems quite shallow. Um, And that actually, that's what shocked me about the Eagles fan base as well. The fact that they're so violent going into the stadium. Did you see some of the footage, Matt, on what the oh, Eagles fans I were doing? Did, yeah, they were throwing beer, full beer cans at the uh, Vikings fans. And, Nuts. Yeah, it was. It was very reminiscent of like a local what we would call a local derby over here in, uh, you know, the English uh, football uh, leagues, where you have to have a pretty, I mean, there was mounted police, police, policemen going in and dispersing the Eagles fans. I mean, uh, for the city of brotherly love, they weren't showing a lot of it uh, <laughs> yesterday, were they? I tell you what, and, and I was looking at it and I was seeing the, you know, the because I put it out on my personal account, I was like, you know, are the Vikings the most obnoxious fan base? in the NFL and everyone was saying yes but after watching some of the footage like there was stuff like uh, you know they were, they were abusing families by you know sticking their middle finger up at them and shouting F.U. as they were on their way to the stadium which is just sick and really aggressive like I, I wouldn't have felt safe there at all there were uh, beer cans being thrown at them um, then I was looking at what the Vikings fans were doing they were putting up you know on the statue of rocky the vikings jersey and all and i was like oh yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of a dick move to do that to kind of sort of a a sacred memorial but then after the game i saw eagles fans riding the dune boogie up the steps <laughs> you know the rocky <laughs> steps i was thinking well maybe not that sacred after all and it's just it was just bonkers they had to grease the poles to stop the eagles fans yeah. from climbing up the oh, poles but they still I did know. it anyway jesus it's nuts. It's nuts. but uh yeah man i mean <sighs> It's hard to have sympathy with the Vikings fans because of uh, how they reacted when Rodgers went down. And, yeah. You know, when, when they came to Lambeau uh, this season, they were all wearing bar jerseys and just, you know, trying to antagonise. So, you know, 
some, there, there is a bit of a saying, what goes around comes around. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't condone any of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, having a bit of a, a bit of banter and a bit of a back and forth, but uh, to start getting really nasty and throwing stuff where and putting people in a position where they can be injured, that's, that's just not cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, and I've heard that as well to say that, you know, these Eagles fans are despicable and they are, uh, but still people would root for the Eagles over the Patriots, which just kind of shows the anti-Tom Brady and anti-Patriot sentiment out there. Uh, but an incredible game in the sense that the Vikings, because look, I've, I've been writing about this team and I've been talking about them on the radio. And although I like to take the piss out of them on the podcast and on the social media accounts, the Vikings had a fantastic season. I mean, they did what the Packers couldn't do in the sense of, you know, they had a, a, an unbelievable defense and their offensive weapons, you know, stepped up to the plate. We saw them make a, a dynamite move for Sam Bradford, which everybody laughed at, including me. And then he effectively worked out. He got injured and their third stringer, you could say, in Case Keenum comes in and mm-hmm. does the job. Yeah. Now, the, the real question, so I'll, I'll put it out there. The Vikings were a fantastic team this season, but in last night's game, it all seemed to go wrong on, on offense. They had that one offensive drive they scored, that touchdown. Yeah, they uh, had it, It's ridiculous, man, wasn't it? Like, I mean, he had a perfect passer rating, Case Keenum, on that drive. Perfect. Not not mm-hmm. one iota below the perfect passer rating. And it looked like it was going to be a long night for the Eagles. It looked like they were going to get carved up. And then offensively, defensively, it all just crumbled for them. Added to the fact that Nick Foles, you know, absolutely played out of his skin. So, I mean, excellent that they lost. And it brings up a question that I kind of want to get your your opinion on. But let's let's talk about this. When you look at this Vikings team, do you see these as kind of a force now in the NFC North? Do they have the staying power next season to do something similar? Well, it, it's an interesting one because obviously they're going to get Bridgewater back fully fit and uh, Dalvin Cook's going to be coming back as well. Yeah. Um, I don't, not being a Vikings fan, I'm not kind of fully up on what free agents they're likely to uh, lose this season, where they are in regards to the salary cap. So I, d- I don't really know if they're going to just kind of... I mean, if they kind of stay how they are, then of course they, they are the team to beat in the NFC North. You know, they're the team you've got to catch up with. I mean, they, uh, I know their defence got absolutely mauled last night, but for the, the majority you know, of the regular season, they were the best defence in the league, in mm. my opinion. Um, so it will be very interesting. I, I mean, I don't know as well. Uh, are they going to be losing any coaches? Uh, you know, uh, other teams after their assistants. You know, the NFL is constantly moving. That's the great thing about it. It's constantly evolving, moving different teams' powers. I mean, who would have thought <laughs> the Jags would have been so close to getting to a Super Bowl? I mean, if you would have said that a season or so ago, you would have been laughed out of the room. Yeah. So, you know, that is the great thing about the NFL. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens with the Vikings. But they're definitely the team to beat. They're, they're the team in the NFC North now with a target on their back. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how they react to that. Uh, you know, the Packers have always had that target on their back. Uh, and now it's going to be the Vikings' turn. So uh, let's see how they handle the pressure of being the favourites. Yeah, well... You know, and as you, you talk about coach moves, so we've heard, we found out that Pat Shermer, who's the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, is going to take that head coaching job with the Giants. So that's one move that's going to go. You know, he's seen as kind of 
I think he's he's seen as a as a Case Keenan fan, and there's all of this thing, or, or Sam Bradford, sorry, and it's like, will you know, will he take Sam Bradford with him? You know, where we see in the last days of Eli Manning. Undoubtedly, the situation, the problem I think that the Vikings are going to have is is that they have Case Keenum having a career year. Um, he played absolutely out of his skin, dynamite, and they have Teddy Bridgewater coming back. And Bridgewater had a pretty high ceiling, but I didn't see anything from him that said, "Oh, he's a force to be reckoned with." No matter how elite people tried to say that he was at the time, um, you know, he needs a more experience under his belt to, to prove to people that he's he deserves the hype i mean we saw it with the packers right you now it's obviously to a lesser degree and it's not exactly comparable but brett hundley you know stood out in preseason. Um, he was seen as kind of potentially the the guy to take over from aaron Rodgers down the line you know would that happen would they trade him away for a massive trade you know there was all of this stuff swirling and then we kind of found out exactly who he was when he came in to play the game you know which he wasn't helped with some of our offensive weapons not performing uh, with him not performing maybe the scheme you know the defense certainly didn't help all of this stuff coming together so i think the decision that they're going to have to make next year is is do they pay case keenan massive money keep him on how can they when they have bridgewater there and the fan base calling out for him and the coaching staff really you know you know he got a standing ovation when he came on right he came on for like a snap or two um in the regular season so it's hard to know what they're going to do at the quarterback position but then they have the running back coming back which might be the second coming of adrian peterson that's really exciting stuff but it made us think here in the hq i mean they got blown out so what is actually better when it comes to losing in the playoffs and no one likes to lose and we're not asking somebody like how do you enjoy losing that that's not the question the question is and we put it out and we got a massive twitter reaction to it do you prefer when you lose a game, especially when it's in the playoffs or NFC Championship game? Do you prefer to get blown out completely? And does that help you help it sit better with you? Or do you prefer to sort of lose the close game? And people had a bit of rationale for the two of them. Matt, what's what's your preferential painful losing style? Uh it's it's gotta be the blowout. It's yeah. got to be. Um when you lose a close one, it, it's such a heartbreaker. It's it's because it's so much closer, you know. You can almost taste the victory. You can you start visualising in your head. You know, yeah. we're going to be the champs. You can see you can see Rogers lifting the Lombardi Trophy and the parade and the you know everything starts going off in your head and how good the Super Bowl party's going to be. And you know, even last year you're thinking, I was thinking, oh, you know, if we get to the Super Bowl, can I get enough money together? Can I go over there? Can I get a ticket? You know, all these crazy thoughts start coming into your head. But on a close one, it's so much worse because you're there. Mentally, you're there. But on a blowout, by, you know, the perfect example being the Seahawks game. And I hate bringing it up, but, you know, we were, we were so close. But last last season with the um, Falcons, it was game over by halftime. And you just were kind of sitting there going, well, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And you kind of mentally deal with it. But yeah, definitely a blowout. It's a heartbreak. I, those heartbreakers are. I, I, I don't think I'd ever want one of those Seattle games again. I don't think I could handle it. No, like I, I definitely put that there, Matt. As it's like, so we do. Or I, I think it's A levels in in England. Um, it's SATs, is it in the states or whatever? At the leaving yeah. cert over here, at your end of school exams. Everyone has that dream where you know they're they're dreaming about sitting those exams again and you wake up in a cold sweat and you just don't want to go back there 
that dream has been replaced and usurped by the NFC Championship game for me. Yeah. I can't deal with it. It's the it's the worst loss in sports history. Because the way I look at it, and we'll go through some of the responses that people gave to this, because there's some great ones and some good rationale that people have. But I put this into a couple of categories. I think, number one, if you go into a game as the favourites and you lose and you get blown out, that would be hard to take. Because it's that shell shock of... Like, we should have won this game. How the hell are we getting beaten by this team? And I think that's what the Vikings had. Now, they were 2.5 on the spread. So, you know, they were only set to win by less than a field goal. So, I don't know what they were supposed to do, win by safety. Um, but, like, you know, there was there was that and the fact that there were favourites. And let me just clear the air here, right? So, we put out on the Twitter um, that awkward moment when your stadium reaches the Super Bowl and you don't. And kind of an emoji, right? And we thought it was funny. Um we got an awful lot of, well not an awful lot but we got some responses mostly by non-Packer fans who just didn't get the sentiment to say oh yeah like all other 52 Super Bowls yeah we get it that like no team has played in the Super Bowl but that's the reason for the tweet is the fact that the Vikings were favourites and no team has played the Super Bowl in their home stadium the Vikings were set to do that and that's what made it more shocking the fact that they went in as favourites and the, everyone like a, they hated the Eagles, and B, that they had this romanticized version of the Vikings marching into the stadium and beating the Patriots, which, yeah, very much could have happened if they hadn't disintegrated on the time. That made it poetic. So anybody out there who's saying, um, oh, yeah, look, all the other Super Bowls, uh, respectfully, shut your tits. So if we get on to the people's responses, I think, so, yeah, that's one That's one for me, Matt, where you're, like, favorites, and you go in and you get blown out. That's bad. I think if you go in like the Packers did kind of against the Falcons, and you're like, this is not going to go well. And it doesn't go well. You're like, me, okay. You know, and you kind of, you can accept it then. I prefer that type of blowout. But mm. the one that I didn't accept was, is that we were underdogs against the Seahawks. We were smashing them, what was it, 17-3 or 19-3 um, at halftime. And the Sky analysts kept saying, oh, the Packers are getting uncoached in this one. And you're like, no, we're not. We're, we're absolutely mauling the Seahawks. And at two minutes left in the game, I get a text from my buddy to say, well done, mate. Uh, you've reached the Super Bowl, you deserve a fair play. And I said, hold on, there's a lot of ball game left. And we end up getting beaten by about 15 different things in a row. That's the hardest loss to take, I think. And if the game goes close and you lose by three points when the teams are very evenly matched, um, I think that's a heartbreaker. But I think there's a distinction between like losing a close game um, where you're in it and then going home with that heartbreak. And there's a distinction between as well if you're a player versus a fan. So I think all fans want to get to witness the blowout right but if you're a player i think someone raised on the comments that uh i think it was josh norman at one of the uk events said that he preferred to lose a close game because at least you were in it do you buy that uh, I, I can see the rationale but again for me it's just that you're so close you can almost taste it and then it's whipped away from you it's like uh it, it, it is it's true it's traumatizing and and i still have not seen any replays or highlights or anything of that Seattle game. I, I, I don't think I could cope with it. I mean, I was literally uh, heartbroken. I mean, it was, you know, I was in a foul mood for a very long time after that game. And the worst thing is you just keep replaying it and replaying it and you think, you know, and you go, well, if this had happened, that had happened, we would have been there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can see guys' rationale for saying, yeah, we were competitive, you know, at least we didn't, you know, we showed up, and da, 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 da. but, you know, for me personally, getting getting an absolute mauling and knowing you, you're not in the game is much easier to take. Yeah, and uh, like, you know, when you, we're mauled with injuries going into the postseason, that's easier to take, and I suppose going in as underdogs and then trouncing another team when you weren't expected to 
is even sweeter. So let's go through some of the replies. So Hal Stewart says, it's easier to take a blowout. You have more time to process the misery. That's kind of like what you were saying, right? Half time, yeah, right, game's yeah. over. You know, get yourself a brew. Uh, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, uh, great name, just what mama named him. He says, uh, smashed rather than blowout, to be honest, hate losing in overtime. John Olsen, nobody remembers who lost the conference championship game or cares. The Vikes won't have to suffer the triple indignity of losing a fifth Super Bowl to a team winning its record sixth and losing the Super Bowl on your home field. That is an important point, actually, that John Olsen raises, right? Like, which do you think would be worse, Matt? Like, them, them losing now and just being blown out by the Eagles and Nick Foles who done, you know, hadn't really shown us that, or going in and playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium and getting blown out? Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion, I think if the Vikings could have managed to get through, I just think that momentum and being in their home patch... Yeah. I think it would have seen them through. I think even that would have been too big of a hill, even for the Patriots to climb. I really do. I, I think they would have been so pumped and energized, and that 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 stadium would be jumping. But uh, you know, it's kind of. Uh, I think it's more of a smack in the mouth the way that they they've gone out because I think they genuinely genuinely thought they were going to march into Philadelphia and march out with the uh, you know playing in their home stadium yeah yeah and i have to agree with you i think because you know the noise there that dumb horn which is the worst than the vuvuzela don't get me wrong like that oh, thing is God. just oh, just mind-numbingly bad and i think it'd be a home-like atmosphere i just think they were suffering the hangover of that saints win and you know stefan diggs pulling off the helmet throwing it away and kind of boss man style and um, i think that was their super bowl and they peaked too early if i'm yeah. honest and yeah I think an important thing to know for people as well is is that everyone who says all oh, the Vikings, you know, you know, they deserve to win it all and they shouldn't have lost that game against the Eagles. They only eked in with a walk off touchdown, the only walk off touchdown in playoff history yeah. that anyone's ever scored. Like, we've seen it happen in the regular season where we've seen field goals to win it, but we've never had a walk off touchdown and they did it. So I think they peaked too early, they were emotionally drained and they probably spent all their time kind of half celebrating. And I think that's what happened. Um, Robert Cook says, blowout, I think. Best loss in, is when a game is closest, but the other team pulls away in the fourth quarter. It keeps uh, the game interesting, but never leaves you with any doubt that they were the best team. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think, would that not be the worst style, Matt, to, to you know, keep it close to the fourth quarter and then lose at the death? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the uh, Seahawks game. Isn't yeah. It? So it's, yeah. Uh, uh, that is horrible. That is... You know, that is the proverbial kick in the ball bag, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, uh, put that on a T-shirt. That's my thing, and I'm keeping it. The proverbial <laughs> kick in the ball bag. Um, so, uh, Tonch Nemagovsky says, if you play well and up to your best, and, and then he just said he doesn't think it matters, a loss is a loss, but it's when you let yourself and the team and fans down with inept play that is frustrating a uh, little bit close to the bone there, Tonch. Uh, someone says, Kieran says, why would anyone want to see their team blown out? Nothing more embarrassing. Would rather see them give their all and know it's something promising there for next year. Like, I get Kieran's perspective. Um, it's I don't think it's a case, Kieran, that we want to see our team being blown out. I think if we are to lose, which is easier as a fan to deal with. I know there's a player perspective, there's a pride perspective and all the rest. And I think, Matt, that's kind of... Um, what we were saying um, and all of that Kevin Corcoran says much easier to get hammered the Seattle defeat was painful for months afterwards losing to the Giants at home in 08 was also hard to take and that's kind of something what the, the Vikings are after experiencing so excellent weekend of championship football 
it it never fails to excite. I'd said on Irish radio that I think there was going to be two upsets, that the Jags could pull it off against the Patriots. The Patriots were two touchdown favourites coming into that game after the injury went down to about a touchdown and a field goal at the Bookies to win. And we all know what happened. It came in. He had a you know two-digit two touchdown tripping over himself. It's been a long day. <laughs> and he ended up coming back, which is Tom Brady's eighth 10-digit comeback. I think it might even be in playoff history, which is just a ridiculous stat. But look, we're going to not be watching the Vikings at our Super Bowl party. The tickets uh, are off sale. We've paid the venue and we're ready to go. So we've 100 people at this Super Bowl party that's coming up. And Matt, uh, you came onto the podcast to talk about this and we ended up going into all of that fun stuff. But let's get talking about the Super Bowl party. So... The venue, the Ramada Hotel in Sutton Caulfield. This is your local area. For all of the people that are going and are getting excited and have got their, their Packers gear ready to go for Super Bowl Sunday, can you give us a bit of a feel for what are we going to expect with this hotel? Yeah, um, it's it's a great location. Uh, it's got a big, massive car park. So if you're driving down, you know, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, cramming your vehicle in somewhere. There's plenty of space to park. Uh, it's it's a pretty nice hotel. Um, it's the health facility and the pool area has just been totally renovated. Uh, so you've got a, you know you've got a pretty much a brand new swimming pool in there. They've got a, a sauna, steam room, uh, hot tub, all of which will come in very useful uh, for after the flag football, uh, which leads me on nicely to the the next. Uh, advantage of this place is there is a huge kind of well i say huge but there's a big enough field for us to play uh black football on uh directly behind the gym uh area at the hotel mm. um so you know it's kind of it's going to be great just to have everything kind of centralized and be able to believe you me guys you're going to want to go and have a hot tub after you play flag because the first year I went down to London and did it in Hyde Park, I was walking around like John Wayne on the Super Party <laughs> on the night because I had aches and pains in places I didn't even know that I had muscles, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it was not fun. But so if we, if we park it there for a second, so the, the flag football, we've had people asking, do you need experience? You don't. Um, as much as myself and Ryan cover the game, now Ryan's a bit different because he played full contact and he plays flag now. Um, I'd never been exposed to flag football and, you know, we'd Andy Davies in under centre calling plays and he brought a playbook down with him. Um, so it's like anything else. You'll have people who are experienced, you'll have people who talk a good game and you'll have absolute novices who haven't a breeze what's going on. Um, at the Hyde Park games, so we've played it a couple of years now against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's who we're going to be hosting the Super Bowl party with is Tom Childs and the Kansas City Chiefs guys. So that's who we're going to be playing. We defeated them last year, but... They had a teenager play for them uh, on one occasion. His his mother brought him to the event and he got to tug out and play, which was great for him. Uh, great experience, you know, to sort of tug out with a bunch of, of grizzly grown men and, and not feel that he was inferior in any way, that he was able to have a bit of fun. So that was great. And, you know, we have uh, women that play that have never played before. We have women who've played uh, flag or tag rugby, I think they call it. So uh, Jill was fairly handy she caught a, a few passes there at her dublin meetup you don't need any experience and the field is just outside as well which is super handy but like matt i was literally picking my legs up out of my car in dublin airport the next morning <laughs> it's a mixture of short burst runs cuts jukes and 
you know, it, it just ruins you. And then I think the dehydration with having a few beers after the game just destroys you. But you've been to a lot of the meetups now. Like that earlier part, do you think it's crucial that people go to the flag game? Do you think that people, you know, they don't have to go? Do you think it helps? Did it help you going to the flag games the, the first yeah. few years? Yeah, yeah. It did. It, it, it was, you know, I, I think it is. It, it just kind of adds to the whole day of the Super Bowl day. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it was really good fun. Like you say, you don't have to have any particular level of skill or, you know, just get out there and have a bit of fun, have a bit of a run around. But just don't wear tights. Come on, guys. <laughs> hey, we, I can you know, you know, I, I'm going out there. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to make a reappearance this year because I've learned the lesson that starting drinking at 11 o'clock wasn't probably the greatest idea I've ever had on Super Bowl Sunday. No. So I'm going to come and play this year and I'm going to put my shorts on proudly, no matter the weather, and I will not be wearing tights. Yeah, and that, that's, oh. not slight, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, not anyone, that's not a slight at any women who want to wear tights. Hashtag feminism. Okay, yeah, we're not, yeah, not discriminating. Right. That's fine. But yeah, look, at we had the Irish meetup and everyone was in tights. Like every single player apart from me. You could spot the paddy a mile oh, away. Oh, no, yeah. With me oh, pasty no. Irish You made me proud, Steve. Thanks. You made me proud. That was, that was the one uh, private message I got off you. You were like, listen, yeah, Steve, you know, you, you did us proud there, buddy. Had to stand it up for the big boys. Um, you know, hashtag sarcasm font. So look, <laughs> it's going to be great being on the pitch and being able to just dig into the hotel then after, you know, get your showers, get your jacuzzi because an awful lot of our events that we've had in the past, like actually all of the events have been in Hyde Park or in Phoenix Park and then you had to get a taxi or whatever back to your respective hotels, have a shower and then all meet again. Like this is going to be a self-contained event. So, you know, the flag kicks off at midday. We'll play, and you know, we put times on it just to kind of, you know, have some sort of a plan for when people arrive. An important thing as well is if you don't want to play flag, by all means come down early because we love when people take pictures and send us in the pictures and we can slap them up on the website. And um, the Green Bay Packers themselves are very keen on what we do. So we send those across pictures and you'll find yourself on the official Packers.com website as well. And um, so that's going to be fantastic. So by all means, you can stand on the sideline with your backpacks or whatever, or your cameras, or, you know, you can have a throw bit with your mates at the side or whatever you want to do. And if you feel confident enough, you can strip down, tog out and get out there, right? Just you know, do wear some sort of clothing because we don't want to get done for that again. So we finished the flag and we go into the hotel. Tell us what we're looking at here, Matt. Like, what is the setup of the rooms? What do they look like? And uh, what about the kind of bar area as well? What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, well, you, uh, there is a hotel bar. It's a lovely hotel bar. There's a, there's a massive, huge, I would say, probably 75-inch, you know, HD TV on the wall with Sky Sports on. Um, it's a pretty, you know, decent sized bar area. So if guys want to go down early, uh, catch a bit of the pre games kind of stuff and build up that Sky will be running on the Super Bowl on that day, that will all be on the screen. Uh, you can grab bar snacks and whatnot, you know, whatever, you, whatever tickles your fancy. Yeah. Um, then in the surrounding area, if you want to venture out for an hour or two, it's literally, if you turn left and go up the hill and to the left, uh, there's a uh, like a shopping parade with like chip shops, curry houses, Chinese food. If you guys want to get some, you know, sustenance into your bodies before the uh, the drinking commences on the evening, uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you come out of the hotel and do a right and walk up the hill the other way, because the, the hotel kind of sits down in a natural dip. Hmm. Um, 
again up there there's a bunch of places there's a pizza domino's pizza and there's a, a chip shop and all kinds of stuff the supermarket you know there's there's plenty of stuff if you if you guys want to go out and grab food drink whatever and there's a few pubs and bars and things dotted around that area too so you know there is there is a lot of choice um if you're coming in on the train, the train station that you need to look out for is the, uh, you need to get off on Chester Road. So if you're coming into Birmingham New Street, you'll obviously change over service. You want to look for the Litchfield Trent Valley line. I believe it usually leads from platform 8A. But if you look up on, obviously, I'm assuming a lot of you've been in train stations before, there's a big service board and you'll see you know, which platform the train's departing from. And they're pretty regular trains. They usually run about every 15 minutes. And it's, you're probably looking about four or five pounds uh, to catch catch the train. And you want to get off at Chester Road. You come out of the station, you literally walk down the steps, you turn to your left, walk up to the big set of traffic lights where there's a McDonald's as well. I forgot to mention that. How can you forget the Mackey D's? I'm sure Ryan will be stopping off there for about 600 chicken nuggets. That's, that's Slanders. That's Slanders, that is. <laughs> and then you do a left, you walk down past all the shops, and then you get to the Domino's Pizza. I won't mention Ryan again. And then you do a right, and that is the hotels on that road. It's called Penn's Lane. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, look, there, obviously the ticket that you paid for um, doesn't cover the cost, as I said, of this thing. And the reason is because there's a big massive buffet dinner um, that's on with American style food that we're going to have for everybody at the venue. And to put people's mind at ease, um, so we confirm with Louise that uh, on the Sunday when we play flag, uh, we can, you can leave all of your bags in a reception and they can, they can mind them. And that check in for the rooms is 3 p.m. So you can use the leisure, leisure facilities in the hotel before that time and they can mind your bags before that time so there's no real need for you to have to check in and drop your stuff in uh, you can just leave it behind reception and then we can still dart in take out your togs get in uh, to the pools and all the rest and, and and all of that type of stuff so so Matt you've told us uh, kind of you know the, the, there's a good field area all of the surrounding food places if people want to pick up a bit of lunch or whatever so that's great and um, as long as I have a Starbucks I'm straight um, and you've told people the the trains how to get there so for people like myself who are coming over from ireland from the airport is the best way to get to the hotel a taxi uh do you get an uber uh is there train services or bus services that go from the airport yeah the the the, the train from the airport you'd have to travel into birmingham city center and travel back out again so it's probably not best to get a train if you are flying in uh, i would definitely recommend just jumping in the cab it should be around £20, and Uber's probably slightly uh, slightly less, probably around about 15 um, but I would definitely suggest doing it that way, because if you catch, there is a train station by the airport, but like I say, you have to catch the train then into Birmingham, and then kind of back out to uh, sort of Goldfield, so um, uh, it's, it's a lot of messing about, to be honest, like just jumping the cab, uh, especially if there's a couple of you, you know, you guys are all up on social media. I'm sure it's not, you know, hard to work out to meet up and you can share cabs, cut costs, all that kind of thing, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's what we want to say to people with this episode um, is if you're traveling to Birmingham, there's only a strict number of flights. I personally am getting in on Saturday night. 
So if there's anybody looking to get into the hotel or Birmingham City, you're probably going to meet a couple of fans. In fact, the flights to Reiner, on Reiner and Aer Lingus spiked in price from Ireland on that Sunday. And I reached out to both airlines to say, hey, what's going on? And they said, oh, there's just an increased interest. I'd love big-headedly to think that that has anything to do with the UK Packers. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. But I'm going to. that's what I'm going to think in my head. So if you're looking for a way in to cut costs, which is what we're all about here, UK Packers, let us know and we'll try hookies all up together and get a cab into the city centre. So that's how to get there. That's what time the flag is at. That's what the hotel looks like. We're going to have a good PA system and we're going to have laptops on the night so that we could show America's game and some other fun stuff um, across the laptops and the Wi-Fi system there. Um, so the the rooms themselves then, I mean, you have you went up at Louise, right? You had a look at the rooms. They were twin rooms. You could get them for £70, which was £35 each, which we thought was an absolute steal for the group. Um, impressed with them a good a decent enough size Matt yeah yeah I mean they're decent rooms you know it's it's it's, it's, it's typical hotel fare really you know coffee machine and you know little flat screen television in there and but uh, I mean to be honest with you you're probably at the Super Bowl party hopefully not going to be spending too much time in the room <laughs> it's yeah. literally going to be somewhere you can uh, call back to yeah if you're Matt literally tell that was a few grizzly mornings going into you lads after that in oh. fact your friend who i won't name him because i think he should uh, he deserves to remain anonymous uh going into the room saying hello and he was the most mannerly person to ever vom i've ever seen he had an absolute volcano in the jacks but we were in the middle of talking and he goes sorry steve if you wouldn't just excuse me for a second into the jacks and uh, had at it so that was great i've never been so politely asked could someone go in and vomit before uh, but look, we have a bar extension till five. And that's why when Matt says that, you know, we don't expect you to be in the rooms. That's the reason why is because the bar extension, which we've paid for is 5 a.m. So the bar doors uh, swing open at about five o'clock in the day. And so, you know, there's potentially 12 hours of drinking. So we need people to calm the hell down when they're drinking or don't do whatever you want to do. But, you know, the spoilage fees are on you. Any other business, Matt, to do with the hotel and else that you think is worth a mention? No, I mean just just to mention that it's the, the function room itself is a, it's, it's a really nice room. It's going to be a cinema uh, style seating layout with tables and things dotted around towards the rear of the room. So if you want to stand up and watch the game close to the bar, you can. If you want to sit down and watch the game, you know there's there's going to be options and choices there. I've looked at the food menu. It's it's all kind of real Super Bowl-y kind. It's like buffalo wings, nachos, you know, chicken tenders, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's going to be a really good night. I've got no doubts about it. Uh, these are always good occasions. Every single Super Bowl party has been legendary, and they just seem to get better and better and better. So uh, I've got no doubts that this one's going to be an absolute fantastic time. You know, come and meet. Everything's going to be great to meet. Old uh, members, new members, everybody's, you know, it's just a great crack, isn't it, Steve? You know, everybody's friendly. We all get on. We all have a good time. We all have a good natter. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I cannot wait because this is the first party that we've had that has really been just us. You know, we've done a number of different variations. We've jumped on with the Gridiron guys and helped them host their party and had our event there. Uh, we've went with sort of party planners and went to their event um and it's always been brilliant but this time what makes this special is this is the first time that we've just sort of branched out on our own 
taken the risk and organized their own party we have a self-contained venue with a field outside that's super convenient to go in with leisure facilities you use the gym every week uh, matter every day if we were to believe your lies right even though you're too <laughs> swole to control hashtag too swole to control matt tisdale um so you know it's a really convenient place Birmingham's really cheap to get into even from you know other countries so from ireland again had i booked had i you know booked the flights in good damn time i would have got in for super cheap and um, but it turned out to kind of be a little bit last minute than i would have expected um just a f- all-round fantastic package and the fact that this is a function room a private function room where myself and ryan are going to be the bouncers on the door in the night ushering the people in and signing you off a checklist the only people in that room are people that have paid and people that we you know effectively know there's going to be 100 people in that room it's going to be relatively packed let's say and it lends itself to be our best Super Bowl party ever and that's what we hope to achieve with this party and to make it even bigger and better as we go along maybe bring the podcast element into it and we're going to have razzes for really special stuff on the night there's one big ticket item that we're going to bring that we've kind of been teasing everybody all year about that's going to be there in the event and one pack fan well hopefully it's a pack fan and not a Kansas City Chiefs fan um, will win that prize on the night so look um commiserations to anybody who's not going to be there because it will be a fantastic night we'll post up pictures and we'll be doing kind of a, a post pod breakdown uh ryan uh, although he's sledgehammering walls and hasn't got internet and all that type of stuff he'll be emerging and having a shower and heading up to Birmingham. so he's going to be there on the night if anyone's excited to meet him also I'll be there, Matt will be there, Andy will be there. All of the diehards that you've heard on the podcast are going to be there. It's not clicky. We're not all just one group that's going to sit in a corner. This is the thing, Matt, that you'll attest, right, is that at these UK Packers meetups, you meet people and talk to people that become friends for life, right? And I mean, because you've, you've fairly, you're very popular. I mean, you've met people there. Um, You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything else that we really need to say about it, right? Oh, no, no absolutely. I mean, like I say, I've met, some fantastic people, friends for life. You know, it's it's such a lovely group of people. I, I know it sounds a real, you know, kind of tooting our own horn, so to speak. But it, it, it's not. It's that that's just the way it is. I've never known. I think Packers fans just seem to be a real. You know, there's a reason that we're Packers fans, and it's because we're decent yeah. people. You know, yeah. and uh, as I say, every event's a great event. Everybody chats, talks. You you know you. Like I say, it isn't, it isn't clicky clicky. Everybody has a chat. Everybody has a talk, and uh, you know, let's let's all jump aboard the Tom Cole Jaeger train. <laughs> I tell you, uh, it's it's from organising it and all the rest and doing stuff like that in the night. I might be able to avoid that for a couple of hours, but I will catch up. Me next thing you know, I'll have about four Jaegers in my hand. In fact. I don't know why it's called the Tom Cole's Jaeger train because you, my friend, are uh, quite trigger happy when it comes to the Jaegers. But look, I know at the end of this podcast sounded kind of corny and cheesy and a bit of a love-in, but it is fantastic. Head along um, to the venue uh, that you've got your ticket. And if you're going alone and you're kind of thinking, will I go or not? Just go. I mean, don't don't be thinking to yourself that you're going to be standing on your own. You're not. There's, uh, uh, you know what? There's more people that have went solo to these things and ended up in loads of different groups than there was people that have arrived with a friend. It's the oddest thing. I don't know if I wasn't involved in organising all of this stuff and, and running the UK Packers that I would have the bravery and courage to do that type of thing. And it has astounded me every year to see people just arrive on their own and say, oh, hey, I'm Dave. And you go, hey, Dave. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you've Dave's WhatsApp number and you're getting drunken messages off him at four in the morning. 
But anyway, I digress. That's the podcast. Uh, big shout out to Matt Tisdale at WBA MMA on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. You'll see him on the night if you're coming. So that's the podcast. That's the wrap. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We're back the same time next week. And as I said, it's all winding down a little bit till after the Super Bowl. And then this podcast thing is going to get ramped back up again. And I've got some really quality content to bring you. If you want to read some of my stuff, just head over to the BetBright blog and check me out there. It's not that this isn't a sponsor post. I'm just writing some stuff and maybe you'd like to read it. And also I have a vlog. So I'm, Casey, I'm um, you know, channeling my inner Casey Neistat. But for myself, at NFL on Twitter, give me a follow. Follow the group at UK Packers. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and get into that closed group on Facebook. It's a great place to be. And from me old buddy, me old pal, it's Matt Tisdale at WBA MMA. It's goodbye till next week. Goodbye, guys.